Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Good morning, everyone. Welcome home. Welcome home. My name is Wagner. I'm uh, one of the pastors here. Uh, I, I find out that I need to like introduce myself sometimes because I, I know in YouTube people will put the names over there, uh, but I discovered that some of the newcomers when I text them, "Ini siapa?" You know, I was like, "Oh, this is Pastor Wagner." Yang mana satu? You know, like which one? I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You, if you forget about me, it's all right as long as you don't forget about Jesus. All right? Okay, it's good, good to be back. All right, let me sort out my my calendar. All right, huh. Amen. Now, so I'm going to start with this. You know, like there's one season where I watch a lot of uh, uh, documentaries about animals. How many of you love animals? Wild animals. I'm not, I'm not talking about dogs or cats. Uh, wild animals. Anybody? All right. Okay. Okay. One of my favorite animals is uh, the orca, killer whale. Looks cute, but deadly. Do you know the white shark scared of them? Like, you know, like literally the tail behind, you know, just like... Really, you, you, you go on YouTube, watch your documentary. White sharks are afraid of orcas. They're intelligent. They hunt in packs, you know. So anyway, so I'm not going to talk, talk, thing about, talk about uh, orcas, but um, there are some uh, photos that I'm going to show you. I'm going to start with this. And to look for the animals, all right? Okay? Here we go. Okay. Okay. Can you see the animal? And. And owl, burung hantu. All right. Eh, okay, okay, okay. It's a bit slow here. All right. Next animal. Uh, okay, next one. Try next, next. Can you find? Grasshopper. All right. Okay, my slide's not really working right now. Okay. Next animal. Okay, hang on. Can you find the animal? Antelope. Okay. Okay, media, tunggu sekejapan. Don't, don't, let, let, let them discover. Okay, so, one, one, one more animal. A frog. Alright. Okay, frog. Okay, now, hang on. Don't show them. Don't show them what, what, they, what, what to look for. But this animal is a mountain leopard. Can you? Can you find? Okay. Betul kah? Yeah. Alright, next one. Wow, good eyes, huh? Ha! This is a viper. A snake, a viper. Come on, come on. Ah! <laughs> there, 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 there. Yes. Okay, okay. And last one. Next picture, last one. Ha! Huh. This one was viral. Like, yeah. Can you find? It's a mountain leopard. Can? Okay, show the, the location. <laughs> now, let me tell you. Okay, if you can find all correct, good job. Good for you. You know, you have a good eyesight. Let me tell you, all the animals in the pictures, they actually, they do not hide themselves. They don't like hide themselves. No, they just like, you know, uh, it's their natural skin or fur, 
and then, then that is their natural habitat. Yeah. The problem is that we don't expect to see them in, in, in that condition or environment. If I say like leopard, and then you expect that you, 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 you will find them, you know, when you look at them, you know. But actually, that's, that's, that's the thing about, you know, uh, what, what I like about these uh, animals, because uh, naturally God has created them with their own uniqueness, and then this they can camouflage, uh, camouflage themselves, you know. Of course, to protect themselves from predator, and also to enable them to hunt better, all right? Now, the problem, like I mentioned just now, we don't expect to see them in such environment. Or we don't see them where we want to see them. I guess what I mean? All right? So, these animals, they are not hiding themselves. It's just that we are just being, like, you know, our eyes sometimes they trick us, you know, we're being obli- oblivious to it. And I remember this one time, I go cycling, and then uh, suddenly, you know, there's one, like, uh, I think, cobra or baby cobra, jump out from, you know, the bushes, just want to cross, la, cross, cross the, the, the path. La. I got shocked. I didn't see, actually. Actually, all this while, the snakes was, was like, just at the, at the roadside. But because of the skin, right, I can't see, you know, so suddenly it jumped. Thank God, like, it didn't bite me or something, you know. Again, you know, uh, uh, um, if I was being warned that, like, hey, Wagner, when you cross this road, uh, this path, uh, be careful, uh, there's a cobra. My, I will keep my eyes. I will look and everything, right, you know. But this, again, I didn't expect it to, you know, that, to, to bump into that snake. So why am I I'm, I'm starting with this? Because um, this is what actually happened in our uh, Christian life. There are many times that Jesus show himself to us through events, through people. Jesus show himself to us. And yet, we are oblivious to what he is saying or what he is doing before us. And then we blame God. You know, this morning when Pastor Dan starts you know, the service, say like, you know, maybe we are, uh, don't focus on our problem because what we see, you know, you know, like God is... Right before us, every single day, he's uh, showing himself to us, but we are just focusing on our problem, focusing on our, our personal issues, to the point whereby we, we, we thought that, hey, God, you are not there. But God is always with us. Amen? Amen? So today, we will continue with our uh, sermon series from the book of uh, Matthew. Matthew. Chapter 12, verse 22 to 50. Okay. 22 to 50. But I'm just going to, going to read uh, up to verse 32. All right? And then uh, after that, we will touch on some of the verses later on. Okay. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and unable to speak was brought to him, to Jesus. He healed him so that the man could both speak and see. All the crowds were astounded and said, Could this be the son of David? When the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man drives out demons only by Beelzebul, or Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction. And no city or house divided against itself will stand. 
If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judge. Verse 28. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you people, I tell you, people will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him, be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the one to come. Come, let's pray. Father God, we ask for your understanding. And come, Holy Spirit, minister to each and one of us today and help us to really understand every single word that we're going to be preached today, Lord Father. Thank you, Jesus. Open our eyes, O oh Lord Father to see your truth, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So in Matthew uh, chapter 12, verse 22 to 45, Jesus confronts the religious leaders of his time, which is the Pharisees. And they were spiritually blind, buta rohani. Jesus is not hiding himself from them. He performed miracles after miracles, and there's a lot of witnesses talking about the miracles that he has done, and some have acknowledged him as the Messiah. Even in the passage, they say, like, could this be the son of David? So they're like, like hmm, could this be, you know? However, the Pharisees responded differently. They are spiritually blind because, what? He did not, Jesus did not meet the criteria of a Messiah as they expected. You know, church, a person can have 20-20 vision, like perfect vision, you know, but at the same time, they can be spiritually blind. A person can have everything in the world, wealth, health, you know, fame, and so forth, but if that person is spiritually blind, let me tell you, it will cause serious danger to them. And we will learn today how that spiritual blindness can lead to all kinds of evil. So today, I'm going to uh, title my sermon, the, the Dangers of Spiritual Blindness. The Dangers of Spiritual Blindness. So what is spiritual blindness? Spiritual blindness basically is the inability, ketidakmampuan, inability of a person to understand, perceive, grasp, or, comp- or comprehend spiritual truth. They may be able to understand certain facts, many things in life that are true, but a spiritually blind person is incapable of digesting comprehending, perceiving the true meaning of spiritual truth. You know, like Pastor Dan mentioned just now about the spirit of indifference. Now, a spiritually blind person, they will, they will, have, they will show this symptom, indifferent. When everybody is excited about things of God, they will like, 
Itu pun more excited kan? I mean like, that was so, why? Because they can't see. Now, how can a person be spiritually, you know, blinded spiritually, right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 33 to 34, or 3 to 4, rather, okay? says, but if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Number one, a person can be blinded spiritually because of the God of this age. Yeah? Yeah. The God of this age, for me, which means the devil. The world is blinding Christians, you know, everyone else, from seeing the truth, from seeing Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 to 19 says, they are darkened, they means people who are spiritually blind, are darkened in their understanding and separated from life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. If you are hardening your heart, it's not, no surprise if you are spiritually blind today. Having lost all sensitivity, come on. If you, like, whatever I'm saying, you know, just, I just said just now, right? If there's no effect on you, right? Like, whoo, no sensitivity at all. They have given themselves over to sensually, sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. You know, as a pastor, as a preacher, you can ask myself, Pastor Dan, Pastor Lenny, whoever preach, right? Sometimes we can, when we preach, right? We are so encouraged to see people who respond to the word of God, like from their eyes, like, oh, like this, oh, we know that you are listening. But some, right, like, blank, you know, blank. Everybody got convicted, like, oh, I mean, oh, yo, wow, pastor, like, you, I, I think the Holy Spirit, you know, speak through you, lah, you know, like, macam saya lah, begitu, like, they can respond. But some, really, okay, be careful. Spiritual blindness can lead to all kinds of evil. So, out of this passage, you know, I'm, uh, I want to draw four things, you know, that we can, we can learn together what a spiritual, spiritual blind person will do. Number one, a spiritual blind person, sorry, okay, okay. a spiritual blind person Condemn God's work. Okay, condemn God's work. Okay, in uh, verse 22 to 32. The demon-possessed man who was blind and unable to speak. Now, we, we see that in, the, in that passage just now that we read, when the other people, people around them saying that, could this be the son of David? In verse 24, when the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man drives out demon only by Beelzebul. Or Beelzebul, okay, Beelzebul. The rule of demons. Now, the story of Jesus healing the blind and the mute man is not new. If you remember in Matthew chapter 9, yeah, verse 27 to uh, 31, 34, Jesus healed the blind and mute. Now, check out verse 33 to 34. This is chapter 9, a huh? few chapters before this. Yeah? The, uh, 33 to 34 says, When the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke and the Crowds and the crowds were amazed, saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the ruler of 
by the, the ruler of the demons. So this is not new, huh? Chapter 12, the accusations of uh, Jesus cast, casting out uh, demons, you, you know, it's not new. And the miracles, like seriously, blind and mute. And chapter 12, same thing, blind and mute. Fast forward to chapter 12, the religious leaders in the passage, you know, and uh, say that he cast out demons with the authority and power of, of, of Beelzebul. Despite the evidence, instead of praising God, they condemned the work of God by accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebul. Yeah? Now, the name Beelzebul being mentioned, all right? So, the other names of the Beelzebul, okay? Actually, yeah, right? This, I, 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 it's a challenge for me to preach this, this whole passage because each section, you know, uh, can be a sermon on its own, you know, yeah? But uh, I'm trying my best to really touch on the, the, the important parts, right? But if you, you can continue to do your own, own study after this, okay? So the, the other names of Beelzebul will be Baal Zebub, you know? So the, uh, if you're familiar with the, the god name Baal, right? Now, so that's also referring to Beelzebul, okay? It, it, he has a different name like Belzov, Belzebul, Thoth, Baalzebul, Baalzebul, or Lord of the Flies. So one of the, the characteristic or manifestation of this demon, all right, is whenever he manifests, right, there will be flies, lalat. Okay, yeah. So again, uh, in heaven, when, uh, when uh, sorry, when Lucifer uh, being cast out from, from the heaven, Lucifer, Satan, and Beelzebul, they're the three rank, higher, higher, higher rank, right? Okay, probably Beelzebul is the third one, all right? And the other demons, the fallen angels with them. So, you know, uh, I, I, I watch some of videos when people say, like, oh, you know, uh, Lucifer show himself. Now, um, from a former uh, satanic priest, you know, uh, he said that Lucifer will not show himself simply like that. Usually, he will send uh, some like lower rank demons to manifest. So people, oh, Lucifer. Because Lucifer, for Lu- Lucifer is not like God. God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. God can just instantly. But Lucifer, not omnipresent. So usually, when all this uh, satanic or, or, or practitioner, practitioner in all this black magic, and they say like, oh, call the Lucifer. Not, Lucifer will not uh, uh, show himself easily because there are certain criteria, certain type of candles, and certain things, lah. You know, so uh, why why am I saying this again? Okay, so that you know, okay, when when the Pharisees accusing Jesus to cast out demons by the name of uh, by uh, the power and of Beelzebul, it's like wow, it's not like just simple demons, you know, like we high rank, you know, it's a huge, it's a serious accusation, and you know what? Their spiritual blindness led them to misjudge and condemn Jesus. They didn't say it out, but the Bible says Jesus knew their thoughts in verse 25, all right? Knowing their thoughts, it means they didn't say like, oh, you Satan, no, no, no. They just like look at among themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like their thoughts. 
And then Jesus answered them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? So how did Jesus respond to the accusation? Number one, by challenging their logic. He said like, you know, because he said like, you Pharisees, you are inconsistent. You see, how can uh, I cast out demons by the power of Satan? Because it, means, it would mean that Satan's kingdom was divided against itself. Satan would be working against his own interests if the Satan, Satan allowed Jesus to cast out demons. So it's like, logically speaking, right? Like, Jesus said, like, come on. You see, if people who are spiritually blind, right, they simply say, you know, like they, they, they say whatever they want to say without thinking logically, you know? Yeah? And then, secondly, Jesus said in verse 27, and if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, or Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judge. The, 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 the word whom, uh, by whom do your sons drive them out? In this context, Jesus asked the Pharisees about their own exorcists, you know, their own ghostbusters. Actually, among the Pharisees, there are the people who uh, cast out demons. Yeah? So he essentially asked them whether they believe their own people, their own exorcists, their own ghostbusters, also working with Satan. Because they accused that, oh, Jesus, you're working with the demons. And then Jesus said, like, hey, among you guys also, there are some people who cast out demons. So they also, are you, are you saying that they also cast out demons with the power of the demons? You see? This challenges the Pharisees to consider the implication of their accusations, like checkmate, you know, because they want, they want to accuse Jesus and then Jesus replied them, yeah? In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the one who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. How can Jesus cast out demons when the purpose of him coming to earth is to destroy the work of the devil? Think. He crushes the head of the serpent, the devil, and Jesus died at the cross to redeem us from sins. That is his work. How can he like work against, I mean like work with the demons? Like, no. And then Jesus continued in verse 28. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then kingdom of God has come upon you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and steal his possession unless he first ties up the strong man, then he can plunder his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. In this passage, Jesus responds to the accusation by explaining that if he is indeed casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then it signifies the arrival of the presence of kingdom of God among them. In other words, Jesus is saying that his action is the evidence of God's reign and power being manifested in their midst. 
In this passage, Jesus asserts that his, his ability to cast out demons by the Spirit of God is the evidence of the presence and arrival of the kingdom of God. And then, Jesus uses the metaphor of a strong man to represent the devil or demonic forces. He explains that in order to set people free from the bonds of sin and evil, he must first overcome the strong man. Now, like I said just now, this can be another teaching on its own. Pastor Dan, he is a Ghostbusters. He, he shared his testimony, how he can, you know, cast, I mean, all of us can cast out demons, but he got experience you know, on, on this. Yeah? But here's my point. This passage illustrates, illustrates Jesus' power to bind the devil and release people from spiritual oppression. Now, let me tell you one thing. As a Christian, as a believer, if you have Jesus Christ in your life, you will not be possessed. Can a Christian be possessed? No. But Christian can be oppressed. Not possessed, but oppressed. Okay, remember that. All right? Yeah? Because I know there's one time, there's one uh, in my ministry, the youth camp, because so God, this one youth came to me and they said, like, Pastor, I think I got possessed. La. Sometimes la, possessed. Like, what? <laughs> Sometimes possessed. Like, you know, I mean, I, I do serve in my church. I was like, you serve in your church? No, no not from SIB life, okay? So from different church. So like, I serve in my church, but sometimes, la, Pastor, I think, usually in camp, la. Oh, usually in camp. You know, like, I was like, hmm. You know, so I, 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 I told him that you are not possessed. You are oppressed. So there must be something in your life that uh, gave permission for the devil to really oppress you, you see? Yeah? Because here's the thing. If you have Jesus in your life, Jesus occupy your life, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will not allow anybody to enter that house, which is you. You know? The Holy Spirit will not uh, share the other rooms with the devil. Are you guys following me? Okay? Dirasuk. Sama ditekan, dianiaya oleh iblis itu dua hal yang berbeza. Alright? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, possessed and oppressed. Okay, we continue, continue. So, in verse 30, Jesus emphasizes the idea that there is no middle ground when it comes to him and his mission. You know? Yeah. He states that whoever is not with him is against him, and that those who do not gather with him scatter. Jesus was telling the Pharisees that everyone must make a clear choice to either follow Jesus, be part of his mission, or you against him, oppose him. No middle ground. So, church, we are either with Jesus or against him. No middle ground. Yeah? Pastor Dan said just now, you either love me or you hate me. Suka-suka lah, tengah-tengah lah. No, 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 no. I mean, like Jesus said, like, you with me or you're not with me? That's it. Yeah? So ask your neighbor, people sitting next to you, say, are you team Jesus or team Satan? <laughs> hey, really, no? Really? <laughs> team Jesus, team Satan. <laughs> really? And, and there's no such thing. Oh, pastor, on Saturday or on Sunday, team Jesus. You know, no. <laughs> Monday to Sunday, team Jesus. If you're team Jesus, you're team Jesus. Your team Satan, team Satan. Yeah? People who are spiritually blind won't realize that they are actually condemning the work of God, just like the Pharisees. It is common for human, 
us to reject or condemn something that is unfamiliar or strange or unknown to us. Come on. Yeah. It is common. You know, um, in Mark chapter 9, verse 38 to 40, there's one time when John and the other disciples tried to stop someone uh, from uh, driving out demons. And then Jesus told them, don't stop him because there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can soon afterwards speak evil of me. In other words, you know, the disciples said, hey, Jesus, they they cast out demons uh, in your name, but they are not part of the disciples. You didn't pick them. We are your 12 disciples. Jesus like, they are different. But Jesus said like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. As long as they cast out demons in my name, they are with us. Tenang, tenang. Uh, you know, it is normal for people to reject and condemn something that is unfamiliar, strange, or unknown to them. You know, I, I remember, uh, okay, so a uh, few weeks ago, I went to KK. Actually, Kota Barut for the ministry, but I went to uh, KK. Attend a, f- a funeral of uh, this particular uh, guy, and he's actually legends, lah. I can say legends, lah, because in 1980s, you know, the present worship in Sabah in SIB. I'm, I'm talking about Malaysia, lah. Okay, because during the revival in the 70s, they don't have like full band, only acoustic guitar and everything. And acoustic guitar also controversial, controversial for some some churches, you know. And in 1980s. Uh, a guy by the name James Muyao, okay, a father to my, my, my friend, he's, he's now a pastor. He just got back from U.S. and then he got inspired by the churches in U.S., got full band, and then coming to Sabah in the 80s, and then uh, the government, you know, give fund to him, and he used that fund to buy music instruments. In SIB Sabah, Sarawak Nocheta, in SIB Sabah, that time there's no full band, no keyboard, no guitar, no bass, no drum. Drum is the devil that time, you know, like, like whoa! But he... Believe that this is something that will, will really like spark revival among the young people. So he bought the instruments, I remember. And then one of the, 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 the original band member who just passed away recently, the name of uh, Roland Miao, he plays keyboard. And I remember uh, when I was eight or nine years old, they came to our church, you know, in Sandakan. And like, wow. I was like, wow. Hoking, you know, like so, so cool. Like they play guitar. I mean, like that time only acoustic guitar, you know. The church is acoustic guitar. Full band, and then and then uh, uh, I managed to meet up with some of the band members lah uh, a few years ago. They already all uh, uncle uncle, okay. And then ask ask them how 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 was it like in the eighties when you brought these instruments to church? Wow, there are pastors who don't allow them to enter the church, you know, because they are the from SIB Pusat the Munamuri. They will go to all the kampung kampung in, in in van, bring all the sound system and everything, you know. Some pastors like no no no, this is Satan, this is from the devil. Really, they got rejected, you know. Yeah, but I'm, I thank God because they listen to the word of God, and, you know, they listen and then they continue. And yeah, from Sabah, it, 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 it uh, spills to, you know, Sarawak and then Semenanjung. So all this band and everything in SIB, I'm talking about SIB, right? This SIB, you know, uh, the history in the 80s because of this group by the name of Melody Kasi, like, the name of Melody Kasi, okay? Love Melody, ooh, okay, Melody Kasi. So, although they use the music instruments to praise God, people condemn them. They say like, oh, never in our church, uh, 
Never in our church got like this, you know. Our mission, the missionary didn't teach us with all this, you know. Sing, sing hymns and then just clap hands, that is enough, you know. Yeah. And sadly, besides being called like as a kalka, sesatka, sebagainya, some churches split because of that. We will bring this music instrument. Some, some leaders say, no. No, there's no in the Bible got drums, uh, keyboard, uh, you know, like, and, and also got saxophone. They're like, what? Saxophone? What is that? You know. But look at us now. You see? Now, don't get me started on tambourine dancers. <laughs> Another controversial that, that time. You know, this lady by the name of Margaret Yap who introduced the tambourine. <laughs> Apa ni menari-nari ni macam di club? Oh, I tell you. But you see today, wah, konferensi munamudi. Wow, the dancers. I mean, even even our church also got dancers lah, you know. <laughs> yeah, konferensi <laughs> munamudi wajib, <laughs> right? Yeah. Few years ago, this one pastor message, exactly broadcast message lah, forward to me. This is like before TikTok, you know. It's like Facebook is the devil's tools. This is before COVID, no, a few years ago. I was like, wow. Because his members apparently got some of the apa, uh, couples of family, uh, the, the husband and wife divorced because of Facebook. You know Facebook, some of you who are still in Facebook, you know, uncle, uncle, auntie, auntie, you connect with your, your first love during your high school, university, you know, connect, connect with them. Yeah, that happened. So it's like, oh, Facebook. Daripada iblis, you know. And the same pastors, after a few years, upgrade a little bit. He said, like, TikTok, Satan. Fast forward, during COVID, he got his own, like, live service through Facebook. And then, like, every week, he will send me his TikTok video. I mean, like, he's uh, preaching, uh, preaching, uh, but TikTok video. Saudara, saudara. You know what I'm saying? The same. <laughs> Wow, really, be careful, you know. If you're spiritually blind, you can be a pastor or somebody, a spiritually blind can, you can condemn God's work. You know, like people, I mean, YouTube, people connect with, 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 with God through YouTube, through service and so forth, you know. Just because you don't understand. Ah, this is the thing. Being unfamiliar with a particular part of God's work does not imply that it is not from Him. Just because you're not familiar with it doesn't mean like, oh, this is not from God because I never experienced this. No, 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 this is... From the devil. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah? Be careful before making a judgment. When you are not sure about something, you know, Paul gave us a good guideline. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed, conformed to this age, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. So that you may discern... Before you make a judgment, before you condemn God's work, say, oh, what is this from the devil? No, 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 no. Renew your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. The danger of being spiritually blind is that you will condemn the work of God, and it is more dangerous if you hold a high position in church because you will cause more people to follow your footsteps condemning the work of God. Which leads me to the second danger of spiritual blindness, which is very, very, very critical. A spiritual blind person commit, will commit the unforgivable sin. Now, for those of you who have attended supernatural uh, class, right, that we teach about Holy Spirit, you will, you will know this. Yeah? 
in verse 31, Jesus talks about, mentioned about the Holy Spirit. When people are spiritually blind, they don't know that they are committing the unforgivable or in some translation they use the word unpardonable. Dosa yang tidak akan diampuni. Yes, there are sin that is unforgivable. What is the unforgivable sin? Yeah. The unforgivable sin is when a person blaspheming the Holy Spirit, menghujat roh kudus. Every kind of sin will be forgiven except for this sin, blaspheming the Holy Spirit. The word blasphemy in the Greek is blasphemia. Yeah, means what? Rejecting, deny, disrespect, take lightly, mock, underestimate, and ridicule the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy in the Holy Spirit also means speak false witnesses, discredit, scoffing the role and power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You see, in verse 31, the Pharisees, having witnessed the proof that Jesus was working miracles in the power of the Holy Spirit, they accused Jesus as uh, doing, it, uh, doing it with the power of demons. Yeah. And you know, in Mark chapter 3, verse 30, Jesus is very specific about what the Pharisees did to commit blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. He, 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 said, he, he said that these guys are committing uh, uh, the unforgivable sin because they accuse Jesus to be someone who has an impure spirit or unclean spirit. Whoa. After all the miracles, are, whoo, you have impure spirits. Like, wow. You see? Those who persist in stubbornness and disbelief will not be forgiven because they refuse to trust in Christ as the Holy Spirit is leading them to. So since there is no other way to forgiveness except through faith in Jesus Christ, their choice to consistently reject the Holy Spirit causes them to remain unforgiven. Let me pause here. You know, so which means, right, why is this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is an unforgivable sin? Because they keep on rejecting the Holy Spirit. So if they reject Holy Spirit, how can they come to their senses like they, 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 uh, like they, they know like, oh, I, I committed sin. Oh, Lord, forgive me. How can? Because they keep on rejecting. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict us of our sins, you know, and to bring us to repentance. But if we, a spiritual blind person, keep on rejecting the Holy Spirit, then therefore, we don't feel that we are a sinner. I mean, like, you know, I'm just making a mistake. It's a mistake, it's not a sin. A person who deliberately rejects the reprimand of the Holy Spirit to repent is a person who clearly blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Sorry. Let me repeat myself, Okay. A person who deliberately rejects the reprimand of the Holy Spirit to repent is a person who clearly blasphemes the Holy Spirit. Now, you can listen to the same sermon today, but the person sitting next to you might respond differently. Same sermon, different response. 
The same Holy Spirit that speaks to me when I prepared today's sermon is the same Holy Spirit that is speaking to you right now. Response are different. Are you going to respond to Him or are you going to just ignore Him? Continue to be blinded by the world. Respond to Him. Everybody, before you leave this place, I urge you, respond to the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, a spiritually blind person will be condemned by their own words. Yeah? Jesus said in verse 37, For by your words you will be condemned. Now, Jesus illustrates that principle by stating that, uh, you know, uh, sorry. Oh, Jesus was explaining that their words, the word of Pharisees, show what was in their heart. They had rejected God's kingdom and shown uh, they were unloving and they hated justice. Their words reflected evil attitudes. So Jesus illustrates that principles by stating that a tree is known for its fruits. What the tree produces reveals what the tree is really made of. Now look into the verse, you know, in verse 33, it says, either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is known by its fruits. The passage refers to the word, the fruit of the mouth, see? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of, of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of, go- of good, and an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. In verse 33 to 37, yeah, Jesus is using three metaphors to help us identify a spiritually blind person like the Pharisees. Number one, he used the uh, metaphor of tree and fruit. In this metaphor, Jesus compares people to trees and their actions or words uh, produces fruit. Just as a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit, Jesus is telling us that your actions, my actions, and our words reflective of the condition of our heart. <laughs> if someone's heart is good, their action and words will be good and vice versa. Are you guys following me? Yeah. I know, sometimes we say, like, oh, no, 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 actually, accidentally, like, just mind, mind, saja. No, 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 no. Jesus said, everything that comes out from our mouth actually comes from our heart. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20, verse 21. From the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Speak life. Speak life. And then the second metaphor is about the brood of vipers. It said, brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. You know, the phrase brood of vipers was first mentioned in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. Again, this is not first time Jesus called the Pharisees as brood of vipers. In chapter 3, verse 7, um, oh, this is John the Baptist actually saying it. So many, many of the Pharisees and uh, Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, 
brood of vipers who warn you to flee, who warn you to flee from the coming wrath. Yeah? And actually, this also mentioned in other parts of the gospel, the brood of vipers. Now, the word brood in the original language of the, you know, meaning uh, offspring. Yeah, it's an old English word, lah, okay? Yeah, we don't really use it, you know, now, nowadays. Yeah, we just use like uh, sons of or, you know, children of, yeah. So when Jesus said, you brood of vipers, means you are sons of the devil or children of the devil. In Jewish culture, the snake was a symbol of the devil, symbol of the death, death and sin, yeah? These Pharisees, like the devil, were selfish, their hearts full of hatred, and had murder in their hearts towards Jesus. Right after Jesus called them a brood of vipers, he says, for out the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He claims that what comes out, out of your mouth indicates what is brewing inside your heart. The fact that the Pharisees witnessed the miracle and the first thing out of their mouth were what? Uh, accusations, criticism, and talk about the devil. And that actually exposed what is truly inside of their hearts. You know, have you been in an awkward moment, you know, you with people, right? And then suddenly one of, your, one of the people, or maybe your friend in that, in that room, suddenly talk bad about somebody and he was like, oh, I thought he's okay, but you know, like suddenly you're stopping. Like, you were like, hmm, awkward. Why? Like, you want to talk bad about it, you know? Yeah. And then to cover it up, uh, you know, like, yeah, you know, say, you know, we, I'm just concerned. Like, oh, concerned, you know, like, but the Bible says, you know, out of your mouth, you know, that is, that is what reflects your, your heart, what's inside your heart, okay? And then he continued. The third metaphor, mouth and heart. Uh, Jesus said, a good person produces good things from his storage, storeroom of good. And an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. Jesus connects what the person says with the condition of their heart. Again, he implies that the words that come out of a person's mouth, you know, really uh, reflect of what, it has, what is filling their heart at that moment. So if someone's heart is filled with goodness and righteousness, it re- it, their words will reflect that. Amen? Amen. I, I, I know there's, there's, there's one uh, uh, student many, many few years ago, like, Pastor, I, I can't say the word shalom, hi. Like, like, I, I can't pretend, lah, Pastor, because like, I see some people, Christian, go to church, shalom, hi, I, I can't. Because, you know, when I meet like, my, pers- my friend, lah, I must use the F word, lah, I don't know, I just feel like it's natural, lah, Pastor. I don't really mean it, it's just like, you know, come on like that. Wow, that boy is so confident, you know, defending himself. He's so, like, you know, I don't really mean it. It's just like, you know, like, bah, la, that, 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 that. Like, wow. But Jesus said, you know, if your heart is filled with goodness, your words will reflect that, all right? Jesus told us that we can know what's in a person's heart by their words. See, a spiritually blind person is oblivious to the condition of their own heart, just like the Pharisees. They thought they are the, the, the righteous person, you know, and they're quick to judge others. They are reckless with their words, and even though they seem to be humble and honoring Jesus, you know, they call him like, teacher. But Jesus knew what's in their heart. 
So be careful, church. A spiritually blind person will be condemned by their own words. That's what Jesus said. And lastly, a spiritually blind person will keep on seeking signs and wonders. I use the word keep on seeking signs and wonders. Yeah? So in, in, in verse 38 to 45, in this passage, some of the Pharisees and teachers uh, asked for a sign, asked Jesus for a sign to prove his authority or his divinity. Yeah? They essentially want a, a miraculous display of power to validate his claims. It's like, can, can you give a sign now? Wow. As if like all the miracles is not enough. He said, like, can, can you give a sign now? But we know that you know, there's actually uh, many signs of, and, and wonders, miracles that Jesus has done several chapters before this, right? We have gone through it, you know. We all know that all the miracles that Jesus performed were not small miracles, you know. Like, it's uh, like, like big miracles, you know. But it is obvious that ordinary human could not perform such miracles, yeah? People who are sick, people who are dead, you know, like, come on. People who are blind can see, like, people who are mute can talk. You know? It's not like Jesus healed somebody who got, I got headache, lah. Oh, in Jesus' name. Oh, no, 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 no. It's like three miracles. But yet the Pharisees said, like, can you show some sign? They keep on asking for signs. Actually, after chapter 12, in chapter 16, they ask again. They ask Jesus, can you give us some sign? Huh? They keep on seeking signs and miracles. Yeah? Therefore, Jesus responds by rebuking them, calling them wicked and adulterous generation. Like, fool. Yeah? He refuses to provide them uh, a, a miraculous sign at, at, at their request. Except he, what, what he mentioned, he mentioned about the sign of, of Jonah. Yeah? You see, Jesus draws the parallel of, uh, uh, between Jonah's experience inside the, fish, the belly of the fish and his own future death and resurrection. Just as Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish and emerged alive, so Jesus will spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and are referring to, he's referring uh, to his crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. Yeah? So in essence, Jesus is saying this. His resurrection will be the ultimate sign of his authority and divinity. Jesus said, you want more sign? Oh, oh after all this, you see one more sign. The only sign you're going to get is sign of Jonah. Like, what sign of Jonah? Sign of Jonah, you know. I mean, like, I'm not surprised if the Pharisees said, Jesus will be swallowed by big fish, uh, like, <laughs> you know, if you're spiritually blind, right? <laughs> yeah, anything can happen. So, um, he goes on to mention two other examples, the people of Nineveh, you know, and uh, the queen of the south, which is uh, queen, queen, queen of Sheba, yeah, who was uh, mentioned in First uh, Kings chapter 10 and also Second Chronicles chapter 9, okay, we can read it after this, you know. So, these examples highlighted how people... You know, these people in the past responded to less remarkable signs and wonders. People of Nineveh, when, when Jonah preached the gospel to the people in Nineveh, 
He didn't do like miracles or signs. No, no, he just preached the gospel and then they repented. And then Queen of Sheba, yeah, or Queen Sheba, Queen of the South, traveled far just to seek Solomon's wisdom. Solomon don't need to do any signs and wonders and miracles, no. But she came. Yet the Pharisees and their generations are rejecting something greater than both Jonah and Solomon. This is what Jesus is saying. You see, in, in other words, Jesus is saying that, you, you see, guys, people in Nineveh, Queen, of, Queen Sheba, they responded without any signs of miracles. And you guys, after all these miracles, still hardening your hearts. It's still asking for signs and wonders. Apalagi farisimau. Wow, you know, what, what else you want? That's why Jesus said, like, you only get the sign of Jonah. Then, why did Jesus say that they were wicked? Yeah? Because they refused to believe the signs and wonders that Jesus had already performed. The, the, people, on, in, in, the people of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah, and Queen Sheba, yeah, being a non Jew, yeah, he, she praised God for what he has witnessed. But the Pharisees, wicked, no response at all. Their hearts were hardened towards the truth even after numerous miracles. Nothing would make them believe. Their hearts were as hardened as Pharaoh's, yeah, even after he witnessed so many miracles by Moses. Okay, you can read in Exodus chapter 9, you know, when... The Bible says Pharaoh's hardened his heart. They were ad- adulterous in the spiritual sense, right? Because they uh, no longer uh, worship God, like I mean, in a true worship, but they follow a man-made set of rules and traditions. Yeah, you see, a person's faith is very vulnerable and easily misled if it is based mostly on miracles and signs rather than the Bible. Let me repeat myself. A person's faith, very, very vulnerable and easily, can be easily misled if it's based on just miracles and signs. Don't chase after preachers. that You hear, you heard us preaching about this, talking about this. Don't, Chase after preachers, KKR, events, you know. Yeah, all those things, there are times and place for it. And then the preachers, all this, this is just a tools, you know. Yeah. A mentee of mine texted me a few days ago asking me about the recent KKR that's happening in Kuching a few days ago. And then I know there are people, he mentioned like, my pastor, there are people, pastors, talk bad about the pendeta and even say that he's sesat dan sebagainya lah. All right? Of course, there are people who are willing to fly all the way to Kuching just for that event, everything, semua. Now, let me tell you one thing. Yeah? Please, before you commit the unforgivable sin, saying that, oh, this sesat ini, setan ini, apa sebab begitu, ask God for understanding and clarity. If you ask me, I say like, hey, I mean like, he proclaimed the, about God's name and then preached the gospel. I mean, like, come on. 
Jesus said, if he's not against us, he's with us. Like, if he preached preach my name, he's against us. Just because the battle is different doesn't mean that, oh, this must be the devil in me. Yeah? I mean, I mean, there are members ask me, I mean, our church member, Pastor, can, can we watch or not? I also watch lah, in YouTube. But be careful. Don't chase after signs and wonders. You will get frustrated. Yeah. You know, uh, there's one pastor say that, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, this pastor, memang they are anti, like, against all these miracle, miracles, you know. So during COVID, right, he make a statement, okay? He said, like, where's all the miracle workers? How come they didn't heal all the COVID patients? <laughs> Quiet, right? No more care, no more care. But see, this is why, church, let me tell you, be careful. I know some of you are like, like, wow, betul kan, this from God or not? What is this, huh? Please be careful. Don't bless the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you don't understand how the Holy Spirit works. Just because you don't understand doesn't mean you must condemn. Just keep quiet. Yeah. Just say, God, uh, I'm struggling to understand whether this is from you or not. Like, you know, just, just refrain from making comments. Yeah? Remember, I mentioned just now about the pressure worship, the full band. People said, well, need from the devil uh, and then now being part of the church now. See? Be careful. Yeah? Remember Mark chapter 9, verse 38 just now. Jesus said, if they are not against us, they are with us. If you say like, Pastor, but Pastor, I don't have peace lah, to go to this kind of event. Don't go. Lah. That's it. Lah. Yeah? All right? Let's see as that. Now, let's close with verse 43 to 45. When, uh, oh, when an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rest, but doesn't find end. Find any. Then it says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. Returning, it finds, the house, it finds the house vacant, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with its seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, this passage also contains a warning about spiritual conditions. Okay. Now, Jesus refer back to, you know, about the demons. Jesus uses this metaphor of an impure spirit leaving a person and then returning with seven unders, making the person's condition worse than before. Now, before I continue, you know, uh, again, this can be another topic of on, its, on its own, but whenever you've been set free from evil, the, the devil's bondages, right? This happened a lot during KKR when we pray for people after healing, healing and deliverance. We always tell them, be part of a local church, be part of a cell group or life group, read your Bible, pray. You must fill yourself with the Word of God. Don't just leave it empty. Because what's going to happen is, the devil will say like, eh, oh, that day, this pastor cast me out from this person, huh? but that, that person not doing anything with his life. He's not reading the Bible. He's continuing with his own lifestyle. Okay, let me bring my other friends. That's going to happen. That's why, yeah, when people being being uh, being freed from the the, the uh, being possessed from the devil, right? Being freed from the devil, can we always encourage them? Don't stop. You must change your uh, environment. Be part of a godly community. Read the Bible because if not, the devil will return. All right, let's continue to the Word of God. So, um, Jesus is warning them about superficial and temporary relig- religious experiences without. Genuine repentance. Yeah? People who are spiritually blind won't be able to perceive the danger coming their way because they are only concerned about the outside 
and they're not the condition of their hearts. They believe that their religious practices and good works will, is enough to save them. But that assumption is completely wrong because Jesus said, what the evil spirit will bring seven other evil spirits to enter that person. It's important to note that Jesus delivered these teachings in response to the Pharisees uh, when, when they asked for a sign. He used this metaphor to rebuke the generation's unbelief and their, their refusal to rec- recognize him as the Messiah. Now, maybe some of you are beginning to realize today that you are actually showing signs of spiritual blindness. Maybe you are not completely blind yet, but your spiritual condition is at critical level right now. What is your response? I'm going to close with this. Again, another TV shows. Okay. Hoarders. Have you, any of you watched this? Hoarders. So, um, a few years ago, I watched this uh, TV show, Hoarders. You know, uh, if you don't know Hoarders, Hoarders are basically people who like to collect stuff, you know, even rubbish and everything. Probably they have like sentimental value. Sometimes my, my wife said, I have a syndrome of Hoarders, you know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But not that critical, lah, huh? Little bit, lah. I mean, like, I'm a sentimental person, you know. Like, I, you know, some of you still keep your iPhone box, your laptop box, can, you know, like that. So, um, this year, a few months ago, yeah, hey, eh? ah, a few months ago, in I think in Johor, got this uh, YB, okay. So, uh, actually, she just want to bring her team to clean out this uh, this this uh, lady's house outside because like so many like rubbish. So this lady is hoarders lah. So. She said, boleh kita tolong lah, begitu. And then she's a bit hesitant lah, because hoarders lah, they, everything is personal to them. But for us, like, this is rubbish, why you keep this, you know? Because it's really blocking the way lah, the path for people, you know? So after cleaning, uh, he, he said like, she said like, can we enter your house to help you clean? Wow. She said like, oh yeah, tak boleh lah. But after a few times, you know, and it's okay lah. When she entered, this is what she saw in the ladies, you know? The, she, is, she is surprised. Even the neighbors were surprised that this lady in the 60s, I think, lived there in a small room. Actually, got three rooms, but in a small room, one room, with her two daughters. Hoarders. Can you see the fan? That amount of like rubbish piled up. Now, if you watch the TV show Hoarders, or in YouTube, you got, actually, there are a lot of cases where these hoarders died because they got pinned by their own rubbish. And another case really was scary. This lady didn't know that his son died in the same house. And then when the neighbors came, Neighbors want to help to clean line. And they say, and then the, the, no, no, the social worker noticed that there's a smell in the house. And then we said, what are you doing? He said, like, oh, your son, do you know that your son is dead? Like, huh? Since when? Or tinggal pa tulang, tulang saja on the bones. Now, why I'm saying this? You know? Because hoarders, right? They didn't see that this is a problem. 
just like a spiritually blind person, they won't see that, you know, their heart condition is a problem. It's always people. Like, you are the problem. You are the problem. The church is the problem. This is the problem. So church, there's no other way for you to be healed than to humble yourself before God. Ask forgiveness from God and ask Jesus to open your spiritual eyes to see him. Come on, let's bow our head right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to Live Podcast. We hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends, family member and co-worker. We hope you have a great day. God bless you.